Welcome to our sixth episode of the Learn Boteco podcast. Logic would tell us that solutions for our health should be based on addressing the cause of the disease and the effective alleviation of symptoms. Yet, when it comes to chronic diseases, patients still suffer miserably, while healthcare companies march ahead with ever more influence to the point of handcuffing entire countries to their unbelievably draconian contracts. The Buteyko method has the clinical and physiological effectiveness that very few other methods could claim to have. Yet, we can expect great reluctance from health professionals to adopt it or even consider it. Today, we are going to talk about how the Buteyko method can bring results that the prevalent healthcare system, with all its technology and funding, can't even imagine to accomplish. This way, bridging the gap of the great disconnect. We will also continue with our conversation of the life cycle, addressing problems children have and how the Buteyko method will help. I am always delighted to present our guests the most experienced team you will ever find on the Buteyko method. Christopher Drake, founder of Learn Buteyko Online. Vladimir Sukhonosov, with 40 years of experience and personal student of Professor Buteyko himself. Martha Rohr, who has been teaching the method for more than 15 years with other practitioners like Marcel Adamson and Irene Dimitri, who is a doctor and also a Buteyko practitioner. My colleague, Nicolas. Of course, we have also Hugh as the long-term student asking those questions that you might have. I am sure that you are going to find this episode of great interest. production meeting we were having a conversation about how the system works the medical system uh, doctors and the Buteyko method why is this not known what are the um, the cracks in the system that doesn't allow for this to to take shape into a more productive way of going about it so that more people learn it more people practice it and health professionals having the opportunity because I think what transpired from the from the conversation was that Sometimes they want to, they want to help, but they find themselves in a position where they can't. And I, I thought this was very interesting because obviously something's wrong, but obviously a lot of people have very good intentions. Yeah. So, so let's comment on that. Let's, let's, let's see what this conversation takes us. Uh, Irene, so you are a doctor and you're also a Buteyko practitioner. You find yourself very well versed in, in both worlds. And obviously yes. you're someone who loves healing people, loves to see results and has also seen why some doctors might be reluctant to, to take this on board. The first thing that was really interesting, almost shocking to me when I discovered that, uh, the method after watching um, Marcel's and Martha's uh, introductory talk was that I've never heard about it. 
I could not uh, believe that nor in the medical school, nor in the specialty after that, or in all the, the healing modalities that I, I was aware of and I was taught, I never heard about this powerful connection between health and breath. And it was almost unbelievable that uh, I found out by chance. And while seeing patients, always they have question, why is this happening to me? And this question was something that I had also during my studies because it was not really clear why all these diseases for which I learned the medicines and I learned how to examine the patients, but I didn't know why this was happening. No, no one gave me a, logic, a logical explanation about this. So there, there was a gap. And the same gap exists also in, in patients. When I explained them the connection between constipation, anxiety, and increased body weight, which in their mind, it's completely irrelevant. And I tell them, you know, it's the same uh, basic cause. They say, oh, this makes sense. And they need that. They need this logic, logical explanation about the, their condition. Otherwise, it's something random and um, uh, unexplained. So uh, for me as a doctor, it was a big dream come true, even though I didn't know that I had this dream because I, didn't, I wasn't aware of the method. But as I, I tried that in myself and saw the changes in me and uh, in my family and friends, I then realized the potency of this method. And it was a big, um, great luck for me that um, it was exactly after I was giving birth to my third child. So my practice was almost shut down anyway. So I had time to try it on myself and to give uh, thought and practice to that. And it was the results that I'm seeing over and over again are really something that often I'm thinking, even just for this person, for this one person, uh, to see these results, I could say, okay, uh, my life is complete, just for one. And I see that over and over again every month. I see chicks going ready, you know, eyes become more alive, the posture changes. And these, are just signs of someone being overall healthy. And this is the dream of every doctor to, to help a human being be more healthy. But the tools that we are given are so moderate and so full of side effects many times and not empowering that it's really disappointing. And you know, there's a big stress in doctors. We want results for the patients. They pay us, they, they are suffering. They need uh, some solution, but we cannot offer them a proper solution. And you can see that just by watching doctors, how they're standing, how they can connect with people. I mean, we cannot give what we don't have. And this we completely bypass because we don't know how, as doctors, I mean. Uh, so I think that uh, every doctor who really loves healing and loves helping people out, I would love this method if they knew, if it was more exposed to them, more familiar to them. And this, this is our, our job, I think, to make it more familiar, to make it more normal, because it is. It is a great solution to many problems. The young, the young doctors, they are using the latest medications and the latest techniques. And they are vigorous and they are aggressive and they are full of enthusiasm. And when they become old doctors, they are usually either very cynical or bitter. Not all, 
some specialize in a field which they can really do something but for the most part you end up with cynical people angry and cynical generally not all there are some varieties who some have some philosophical way to avoid all this problem but the vast majority are angry and uh, cynical or angry or cynical or dis or very depressed disappointed yeah so in my case i was living in a medical family so my grandfather was a doctor and i watched i used to sit on the step and watch him in his surgery and he would be busy trying to produce some kind of medicine some sort of concoction he had a pharmacist who used to make up his recipes to relieve the suffering you know that was what i saw as a kid and my father who actually had lots of chronic disease himself he had asthma and eczema and he had food allergies very severe he was busy trying to find ways of reducing the symptomatic suffering that he was having so we were put on very severe diets that he could tolerate because he had colitis as well so we you know we actually lived on a very simple diet with no dairy the best meat was lamb you didn't eat chicken or fish which these are things that were recommended by Bouteka himself and so we lived this way we were allowed butter and cream but not milk which is exactly what we tell people in the workshop so i brought i was brought up on a buteco diet because he'd worked it out for himself what works and what doesn't and uh, that was all according to his breathing and we had these discussions about how all the medications just took off the symptoms they took off the acute effect effect of the symptoms but they didn't treat the cause and then my sister is also in the medical profession, so I've watched her uh, go through her life treating people, and there's a constant frustration of finding something that's going to help her patients, and how she's become increasingly regulated as to what she's allowed to use. She has a list, she has a menu of what she's allowed to prescribe, and 40% of her day is spent doing administration. So that's what I've seen the medical profession so one of the one of the problems is if you talk to people who are interested in the alternative health or they have suffered diseases themselves or family problems with various conditions they know that there's something very wrong with the medical system you know it's something fundamentally wrong you see but if you go to the owners of the medical system the ones who own it it's just fine the board meetings are going smoothly. Nothing is wrong. Yeah, public relations problem here, huge fines over there. It's just the cost of doing business, you know? Like, and so we are going around in like ever diminishing circles saying, the crisis, the crisis, the medical crisis, it's a disaster. And the owners of the system are saying, seems to be fine. We just try to keep it going. That's all, you know, expand a little bit, maybe. They don't see any crisis. They are enthusiastically marching even with another solution, with more ideas, technology and this and that. They're pushing ahead while everybody is uh, suffering rather horribly, I would, it seems. It doesn't seem to matter. There's a big disconnect, maybe because of deep breathing, maybe because of civilizations rise and then crash with this reason it's affecting yeah you you think you know deep breathing lose co2 and if you have the genetic predisposition you get asthma or diabetes or this or that you know and we have all this uh, chain effect 
cause and effect, and we are looking in a fairly narrow perspective within the human body. And we try to reverse those problems with uh, improving the level of CO2 with changing breathing pattern, which is a, what we do, it's our job. But then you look at the wider society, wider community in the wider world, and you see how there maybe it started with some thinking or some way, some mentality, or maybe it started through, as Boteca reckons, it seems to be logical civilization. There's something there which makes breathing worse, deeper. He said it was greed. It certainly makes sense. There's plenty of evidence for that. It's a most peculiar th thing because, you know, how can you ha even have such fantastic results and uh, no one knows about it? Yeah, well, more people are knowing about it all the time. We're doing our best. It makes some, you know, some people have heard about it. We're a lot more, well, we're a lot more well-known now than we, when we were when Stalmatsky came to Australia in the late 80s or late mid, late, late 80s. Yeah, and then definitely no one heard about it. So much more people have heard about it in that time. But the idea is so alien. It's so, it such a reversal of everything because Bottega got opposition in the Soviet Union. And he didn't get opposition because of pharmaceutical companies, I don't believe. He got opposition from intransigent medical scientists who were doing their thing. And he comes up and he undercuts all of their research work on the reason for diseases. Maybe Vladimir can speak on that. Bottega got ter terrible opposition from all kinds of doctors. And they're not working necessarily for pharmaceutical industry, but their academic empire was threatened by Bottega. Yes, it is correct. You know, one is the academic who invited Bottega in academic city and gave Bottega the best laboratory back in old days. He fired him later because Bottega was straightforward, right? He said, you think reason of this disorder like that? No, I tell you, he told to see some sort of committee of acad academics, right? He told straight away, you're wrong, who life like that? It means, yes, their lives, you see, for nothing, okay? In vain. Their research is in vain, all right? Who like that? So what's that story about how Wuteka presented his evidence after eight years of research and he presented it in front of some sort of conference of medical... Wuteka, she visited many conferences. And like Nicholas said, okay, there are two approvals in science. In medical world, if Buteka can just could describe his experiment, okay, and everyone could repeat and took the same results, it is it seems to be proof. Yeah, Nicholas, is it correct? If everyone can repeat and ha you have uh, has the same results, that's it. It is enough to approve, all right? What Buteka did, Buteka visited many conferences, and I remember he went back in his house, by the way. He said, oh, how is it? He said, ha. he tried to say, confuse me, but I did, I confused them, because he could answer any question. He could explain everything, right? And you can repeat the same experiment, okay? Everyone can see, confirm his results about pH level, about the oxygen level, etc. That's why he was, it was impossible to confuse him, right? I, but I, fortunately, yes, 
I always find it very interesting that there seems to be a connection between just plain common sense experience of life and scientific truths like to be a scientist is very difficult but I mean I guess what I'm trying to say we see this all the time you you're just talking about what the key is it's like you need proof you need repetition of the same results because of the same cause applied to the same circumstances and and that's what we're seeing here yeah? so maybe Nicolas Nicolas and I had a conversation about about this once yeah when we were talking about the mind connection and Buteco and how scientists they're also emotionally involved in in their in their endeavors yeah and they 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 get very attached to their results to their theories hypotheses and how this is uh, very important to to keep it cool yeah when you and and there's a lot of conflict going on in academic circles when when they're opposed especially when there's money involved yeah so maybe sure. i don't know if you if you could develop on that or what I read, for example, one article about hemoglobin, okay, in blood. Many people, scientists, discuss many shapes or forms what hemoglobin taken uh, through its way through the blood vessel. They discuss, okay, they see they didn't take care about the beginning of this process and, and the end of this process. They discuss what sort of shape hemoglobin takes now, later. <laughs> see, lots of discussion, okay. That's why Buteka, method Buteka, or this approach, his approach, couldn't find any place in modern medical world, I'm sorry. Because question would be like that. Tell me, please, how the level of CO2 affects shape of hemoglobin in middle of blood vessel, for example. <laughs> how it's possible, okay? Buteka saw beginning of process and end of process. That's why he could expose some results. And of course, money. What people see behind companies, what you see developing vaccines, they became billionaires to my knowledge. That's why for people with big health crisis, for them, good business. <laughs> Very nice business, yes. That's why, sorry, it's mixture. And who is she going to beat drug companies, okay, because they see around business? It's impossible to fight against system. Yeah, this illustrates very well what I think the key the key point to make about this is that there is a big disconnect which um, Christopher mentioned and it's key to understand that this disconnect whatever the reasons yeah we have pointed to them but there is a big disconnect between the patient really becoming healthy and the interest behind the health you know business bureaucracy etc having the same interest right it doesn't necessarily both aspects doesn't don't necessarily connect yeah and this is where Buteco steps in because we, we we come with nothing we're just here online saying like breathe less do these exercises and it works yeah and that's and that's why that's why we're rolling that's because because people see that it's doing something for them very clearly it's not just joe that has his list of therapies that he's tried there's many people that come with their lists of things that they've tried and it hasn't worked they do two or three days of this and already they feel better that's all that's necessary to know that was the case for me and my maximum pause was 30 and it made a difference my control pause is the same for me the question was does it work or it doesn't that's it explanation came later but first does it work like Christopher told me about Asian people, don't, he told me, don't explain 
because if you start explaining, they might be confused. Maybe you don't know. <laughs> you should say, do like this, do like that. If you try to explain, why you, do you explain me? Maybe you don't know how it works. <laughs> Is it true? Asian people have different mentality, all right? If you, if you tell them to do something and it doesn't work, you can be in a lot of trouble. Sure. It better work, you know. If you but don't if know you, what to do, you ask them to do something, at the same time try to explain, they see like they're confused, they're perplexed. Why you explain us? Just tell us what to do to get result. So wouldn't be wouldn't it be important? I mean, this is an interesting point because uh, I try to make people understand why they're doing it. So maybe in their own from their own perspective, yeah, they need. I feel they need to understand why they're doing it because I've seen people practicing a lot because they see the benefits, but then they they have other practices that contradict what they're doing it, and what that's telling me is that they're not really understanding the depth of what they're doing. Yeah, is do, do you find that too? Of course. Yeah. And that's why you sort of, you do have to explain, but it's got to be at a certain juncture when it's necessary so that they have a certain depth of understanding when it when it's needed, you know, when it, because the uh, whole forms, then they can. Usually you do that when they start complaining. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had, you know, many people who complained when I said, why don't you get up at three o'clock in the morning and do a few pauses? And they say, that's, you know, I don't want to do that. Say, okay, but then you do know that most fatal asthma attack, heart attack, stroke, psychiatric breakdown and death occur in the early hours of the morning because your breathing gets worse. And that's why you're waking up not in very good shape. And they say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, maybe I will do something. Yes. That's another one of the obstacles for us is that people assume so much of so many of these chronic symptoms are normal. They think it's normal to wake up tired, grumpy, blocked nose, coughing, dry mouthed, to be tired. And that's just the start of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes downhill from there. <laughs> Okay, so we're not going to make this much longer, but I would like to reconnect it to, to the theme of the, of the podcast. Hugh, maybe there's a way we can redirect this if anybody has something to say about children's problems. So Marcel, for example, mentioned problems with children, like not being able to pay attention. You did talk about that, but if you have anything else to, to add to that. Children we see come to the workshops improve their concentration, their mood improves, behavior improves, their physical performance improves, and they come saying, I can run faster. They can do their homework. Suddenly they've got big cognitive function improves. And then a whole other subject, of course, is dental health, um, headaches, bedwetting, constipation, those childhood things, frequent colds and flus, coughs, blocked noses. On Martha Rose's YouTube channel page, there are some wonderful videos of children with their mothers, and it's a very gratifying to watch. And um, I just feel if we, it's nice to talk about children because our spirits may lift for children because they're bright 
and they're quick to learn and the, that's where the future is i think and the thing is though it's very important that the parents are involved as well we find the children get far better results if the parents do the practice first and they sort their own health out and it becomes a, a family culture that they're all practicing it becomes kind of normal that they're practicing at home together and the results are far better when that happens it's very difficult to train children and to keep i mean they get benefit very quickly but then to maintain the practice and to keep it going is more difficult if the parents don't practice much well in fact it's nigh on impossible is what i've seen so if the parents are practicing it works we have one particular case which is very interesting uh, with a family that practice and they have uh, they did it themselves the parents did it their son did it got fantastic results and then about a year in their down syndrome daughter came to a workshop now for that year she had played around doing steps around the kitchen island she was doing up to about 26 27 steps and practicing and copying and then she decided she'd like to come to a workshop and she got her steps up to 80 and I, we've been practicing with her recently. She's come back for a bit of a input, a bit more of a refresher, and her whole physiology is transformed. I mean, she turned up at the beginning with her tongue hanging out. Now she sits in front of the screen, erect back, mouth closed, the whole time, the whole session. You watch her do her pauses, she's strong, she's got, because Down syndrome children have sort of flaccid muscles, they're, they're, they're limp, all her muscles are strong, she doesn't suffer with colds and flu, and it, it, it's a complete change. So it works for anybody, anybody who can take instruction. That's a beautiful testimony. So I guess I guess the, the takeaway of the podcast is like for any, any parent who wants their children to be healthy, it will be parallel to, you know, a mother or a father who wants to teach their children the same skills that they have probably acquired. Let's say, for example, they're musicians. It will be really understandable that the parents want the kids to want the kids to learn music. They probably wouldn't wait until they are teenagers or they have the capacity to make their own rational decisions to start playing piano because everybody knows that the earlier you start the better. So you will encourage your children to start playing piano to see if it's something that, you know, they could like or not at 5, 6, 7, yeah. And the same applies for the breathing. The parents should learn it and teach it to the, to the children because the earlier they start, the better, as with everything else. As for the Buteyko method in general, go to the real classical Buteyko practitioners on this website. It's learnbuteykoonline.net where you can see testimonials also in the YouTube channel and you can sign up for free for introductions to the method where you can ask your questions to the practitioners giving those uh, fantastic webinars where they're very generous with their time, with their knowledge um, and also you have Buteyko in other languages you have it in Greek, you have it in Spanish you have it in Hebrew and more if anything, find out more about this method. This could really make a great difference in your life. And I hope you're enjoying this uh, podcast and we'll hear you in the next one.
Philippine. Thank you very much to all of you. Again, it's, uh, it's really, really great.